Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason calling here with Bill Alexander. Thank you very much for joining us on this Saturday morning. Bill Alexander, how are you doing today? Jason, doing good. Hope you are. I'm doing wonderful, Bill. Excited for the show today because we got a lot to get to because we've got some seminars coming up on Wednesday that folks can still have some time to register for. Absolutely. And it's still early enough in the months where where, uh, folks can actually appreciate uh, getting some information that they need to know. So this is a good time to come. It is, and it's your last chance to do so before the uh, the year closes out because we, you do these once a month, the second Wednesday of every month, and uh, this month it falls on December 11th. And folks can register and attend these for free, Bill. This is a, a wonderful opportunity for folks to either learn about uh, long-term care assistance, uh, government assistance, or trust and asset protection planning. Well, uh, as you know, we for the last number of months, uh, we have been doing our normal Uh, long-term care uh, seminar. And of course, this is an important time for a lot of families uh, where, you know, we've seen our family members, we've seen our loved ones, and it's like, hmm, we've got some concerns. Uh, Mom or dad uh, seems they're they're, uh, not only older, but uh, uh, we're seeing some issues that give us concern, you know, like confusion or memory issues or uh, where it could be just they're getting fragile, and we've got concerns about their living at home by themselves uh, or the fact that they shouldn't be driving anymore. Um, and that's always a really tough one. Uh, but, but the fact is is that uh, most families, um, even when they have concerns, don't know what to do, uh, you know, where to go, uh, how to get help, or even how much is enough or how much is too little. In other words, how do we support our loved ones so that hopefully they can stay independent, they can stay in control, those kinds of things? Because um, all of us, doesn't matter who we are, we don't want to give it up. We, <laughs> we want to stay in charge. We want to stay independent. We want to be able to make our own decisions. And, uh, you know, it's the kind of thing where uh, the our, our children and grandchildren need to recognize that. And okay, if we need help, support us in staying independent uh, and staying in control. Uh, un- until or unless we're ready to give it up, you know, there and there are certainly techniques to help uh, with that. But but the fact is, is that most folks have no clue what is available to us, and there's very few families that can afford um, uh, any kind of long-term care. It's really expensive, and most people have sticker shock <laughs> in a huge way. And so the long-term care seminar is uh, – Important because it tells folks accurately what's available. Now, as as uh, as most folks know at this point, we don't feed people other. Well, we we feed them good information, but we don't <laughs> feed them steaks or other things in order. It, it, it's but it is free, uh, and, and it's extraordinarily helpful. I have never in all the years we've been doing these seminars, I've never had one person who said, "Gee whiz, I wish I hadn't come. I didn't learn a thing." <laughs> and I don't think you ever will, Bill. I don't think you have to worry about that. 
Well, we tr- we try to pack our seminars with as much information that's helpful to folks as we we possibly can. And of course, I've I've been focusing on our long term care seminars, but of, of course, at two o'clock, where we I will be conducting a seminar on trust, the use of trust and asset protection. Uh, as a separate topic, not not about long-term care. In other words, long-term care has issues regarding asset protection and, and the use of trusts as well. But uh, there are a lot of folks that uh, are interested in trusts and asset protection for uh, other reasons other than long-term care. And so that's what our 2 o'clock session will focus on, and that's that's really important. It really is. And you have the opportunity to register for free. You can go online to WGALaw.com, and there you can find the seminars button, and you can click the registration there. You can also call the office, 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. Again, it's free to attend, and this is information that you really can't find anywhere else. And it's uh, it's done by the man who's one of the best in the business at making complex topics and, and uh, situations very easy to understand. So I highly encourage anyone who may find any benefit from either of these seminars to go online to WGALaw.com and register for the seminars coming up this Wednesday, December 11th, Bill. I, I hope that folks take advantage of that, and otherwise they have to wait a whole other month to do so. That's that's exactly right. But this is a great time of year to, to think about these kinds of things. And of course, there's no question that this time of year is a year that we turn our attention um, to gifting. You know, and actually for me, one of the hardest questions I get this time of year is, what do you want for Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it because uh, I, I don't think about things like that very often. Um, but the other side of it is, what do I want to give others, give my, my loved ones? Um, and so, what you know, gifting – is really a, a very important topic, and it's um, and so I want to talk about gifting for a few minutes. Uh, and I have said um, uh, at various times how some of the most important gifts that we can give are actually intangible, and by intangible I, I mean they're they're not things <laughs> that you know we're not going to the store. Necessarily, and buying something uh, intangible can be extremely important. Um, But one of the most important gifts that we can give uh, our loved ones uh, is actually the knowledge that we love them in a way that's more than just saying, I love you. And and one way to do that, and I'm not talking about Hallmark cards, uh, although that's not a bad way to start. Uh, <laughs> I'm really talking about uh, being able to write down, and of course, a letter is a nice way to do it. To write down, uh, to tell people in, in writing uh, how important they are to you, what they've done to make a difference in your life. Uh, and it doesn't. It can be short and sweet, or it can be a long love letter. I mean, but the but the the truth is, is that 
We don't say it enough, and generally, folks, the, the regret is that we haven't said it at all or we haven't said what needed to be said because we never took the time to write it down. And truthfully, if it's in writing, it's far uh, more important, it's far better received, and it lasts a whole lot longer <laughs> if it's in writing. It's not fleeting if it's in writing. Um, and so that's I'm, – I'm just saying that that is a, a gift that costs nothing but a little bit of time and thought in terms of, of what you do for yourself and for your loved ones this Christmas. So I would encourage folks to do that. Now, obviously, I would not be a good lawyer if I didn't say – Another intangible um, are your legal documents. You know, uh, it's the kind of thing where most of us procrastinate. And in other words, we put it off. It's like, well, I'm healthy. I, I will be fine. Um, and so we, we procrastinate days. We procrastinate weeks, months, years even. And we never – there are an awful lot of folks, about half the folks out there never actually do documents that should be done. And when the crisis occurs, their families are in horrible, a horrible situation because the documents were never done. So let me – I mean, you hope that you never have to use the documents that are so important to you, but almost all families at one time or another – actually need to use your basic legal documents. Now, obviously, all of us die, and anybody will tell you that a will is very important if you want to control where your property goes upon your death. Um, the other die, and so obviously that's a document that will at some point <laughs> be used, but all the other documents are really just-in-case documents, even though most folks need them. But what documents I'm talking about? I'm talking about your general power of attorney. That's important. Uh, and, of course, for seniors and for many others, I recommend a very strong advanced power of attorney that's far broader than a simple power of attorney. And powers of attorney can be very different. But then you have health care powers of attorney that are important. Advanced directives for natural deaths called living wills. Uh, federal law requires you have to have a medical release. Uh, that's a separate document to that complies with the HIPAA law. Uh, and then we also think a digital release is really important because almost all of us now have assets in the clouds. We have photographs and we have bank records and we have – Lots and lots of other things uh, basically online, and it can be very difficult for an agent or a guardian or an executor to be able to um, take control of those assets without a digital release. So all of those basic legal documents are extremely important to all of us, and it doesn't matter whether we're 80 years old, 90 years old, or 20 years old. And every in between, uh, all of us should have those six basic legal documents. They're real important to all of us. 
it's important that you plan that ahead. And also it's, it's a wonderful gift to give to your loved ones and family, because speaking from experience, dealing with a, a death in the family where someone doesn't have these documents, it can, oh boy, it can cause a, a lot of heartache and uh, a lot of hard work on the effort of the rest of the family when that's not in place. If you do need help putting this together, schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. Call 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000, or go online to wgalaw.com. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be back right after this. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Thank you for joining us. Bill, we're continuing our conversation with uh, gifting that we were talking about. Of course, it's appropriate for the holidays, but Mm -hmm. Bill, you were just telling us about the importance of intangible gifts and also the importance of legal documents, which is a, a gift to ourselves and our loved ones. Absolutely. And, and I, w- I would say to you, at least my focus when it comes to legal documents, uh, is it's not, necess- it's not about your will. That, that's death planning, although that's an important document. It's all those other documents have to do with life planning. So most of estate planning has to do with how do we take care of ourselves, how do we take care of our spouse, and not be a burden on our children or grandchildren. I mean, those are, that's life planning, and that's why these long-term care seminars can be really extreme important because it's a matter of not being a burden on our spouse, not being a burden on our children and grandchildren, and and so that information is really important. But let's get back into gifting because, you know, as we go out and we're Christmas shopping and, and the like, it's important for us. Now, Christmas shopping uh, is not going to create implications for us other than to make us feel good, to be doing something for others. But um, but there are implications with gifting, whether you are very well-to-do or solid middle class. I mean, and but the implications are different depending on uh, what how old you are, your health condition, and and other situations like that. So, the the first thing, and most of us don't have a thing to worry about when it comes to gift tax. Why? Because the gift tax laws, uh, and this is a federal law, allows us to give away $15,000 per year per person. Now, that doesn't include our spouse. We have unlimited gifting to our spouse. (laughs) But when it comes to others, like children and grandchildren, uh, each of us can give as many people as we want $15,000 per year without filing a gift tax return. So it's only when we exceed $15,000 for one person that we file that we we are uh, required to file a gift tax return, um, and so obviously there are very few of us that even have the ability <laughs> to give fifteen thousand dollars 
uh, per year uh, to as many people as we know or to each family member or to each grandchild or however you want to do it, most of us don't have the ability to give that kind of value uh, or cash away to anybody. So for most of us, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Okay. Um, Now, and, and another little fact that most folks don't realize is we actually can give away a whole lot more than $15,000 and not pay any tax whatsoever. Um, In fact, uh, Jason, if I had the money and the inclination, which of course I don't on either count, I could give you a million dollars. And not pay a tax. I not like the sound of this. T- yeah. We win. It's a win-win bill. <laughs> now, why is that? That's more than fifteen thousand dollars. It's because I have a gift tax coupon, or what I like to call a coupon. It's actually an exemption um, for up to today eleven point four million dollars. And so, in essence, I can give away $11 million to anybody and everybody. Not, not a, Now, that's total. That's not 15 to everybody, but 11.4. After I get past $15,000 to everybody I know, I can still give away another $11.4 million and not pay any tax. But I am required to file a gift tax return. And I have to use my exemption. And, and how it works is if I... Um, file a gift tax return, and let's say I, I, I go ahead and put down the million-dollar gift I make to you. Um, and so I don't pay any tax, but what it does is it reduces my estate tax exemption, which, again, is another tax that 99.9% of us don't have to worry about at all. But in essence, it reduces that exemption so that uh, under current law, if I gave you a million dollars today and died next year after filing my gift tax return, instead of having 11.4 million uh, um, gift tax exemption, my death tax or my estate tax exemption would drop to 10.4 million. So I wouldn't have that big 11.4. Now, like you, that. Uh, information doesn't really affect me or my family <laughs> at all. Wish it did, but nope, not ever going to have to worry about that. And I, I would only put an asterisk beside the numbers, 11.4 million. In six years, or a little over six years, that $11.4 million exemption will drop to five point. Six million, and again, you know that then ninety-eight percent of us don't have to worry about that. Uh, but that's how that gift tax law works. Now, for all the rest of us out there, the ninety-nine percent that say, "Well, why should I listen to that? It doesn't affect me." If we're one of those, then the other side of the equation might be important, particularly if we're older and we're trying to make gifts to our grandchildren. We want to see their smiles from the gifts that we're making them. Middle-class folks have to worry about the the implication of major gifts that they make on their qualification for long-term care benefits, such as Medicaid or special assistance, uh, and the like, or uh, even veterans' benefits can be affected by gifts that we make. 
And so uh, for Medicaid, there is a five-year look back. Um, for, for VA uh, pension benefits, there are, is a three-year look back. Uh, so in essence, when we make gifts, uh, not, of, not the normal $50 sweaters and things like that, those typically are not counted. But when we make a major gift, like in, if we're used to making $50 gifts uh, to our children or grandchildren, and then as we get older, it's like, ooh, well, let's try to do something significant. So we'll give $1,000 to each child or $500 to each grandchild. Those are countable gifts that are penalized or sanctioned if you have to apply for government assistance for long-term care within five years of the date of the gift. So understanding that major, you know, as people get older and their resources are less, you know, because seniors do worry about running out of money then you have to be very careful about how gifts are made and when they're made and how much they are and what your your reserve is after having made those gifts. So it's very, very important for you to understand how gifting uh, affects your ability. There are times when I have to tell folks, don't make those gifts while, I mean, I know you want to do it. You want to see the smiles of your children and grandchildren. However, it could negatively affect you and your spouse who might need help in the next few years. So instead of making those gifts now, you know, leave it to them as an inheritance. Uh, that uh, can be a, a very important consideration for our older clients as it relates uh, to those uh, kinds of things. The other thing that folks also need to understand as it relates to government assistance that it, that cash is actually a bad thing. Uh, it's important, you know, because there are a lot of folks, well, if I go to the bank and get cash, they won't know that I made the gift. Well, the problem is, is that the assumption is, if you go to the bank and get $500 in cash, is that you actually have used that to make a gift. So they're going to use that against you. So it's far better to deal in, um, in actual checks or, or using a debit card or a credit card or whatever it is so that you can follow the money. Trans, that's what we call transparency. And, you know, when in our office, when we're, we're trying to help folks get uh, an application together, we have to go through five years of all of their financial records to, the, to see if they've made cash transactions or made uh, actual transparent gifts to children and grandchildren. We don't worry about transfers between spouses. That's perfectly fine. Uh, and there's no limitation on uh, gifts between spouses. But when you're making gifts to children and grandchildren, those are the transfers that are penalized or, tra or sanctioned if made within five years or three years, depending on the what you're seeking, uh, as it relates to that. So gifting does affect middle-class folks, and it does affect, in a different way, those folks who are extremely well-to-do. So gifting is really something uh, important. And then lastly, uh, again, and this is something that you can learn in my trust seminar, 
is the fact that with trust, you have more flexibility with how you can make gifts. You can actually make what's in a trust, you can make what's called an incomplete gift so that uh, you're doing it uh, for tax purposes, uh, that you get a bigger tax benefit for your family by giving a gift inside a trust that's an incomplete gift rather than a completed gift. So um, there, there are some other issues regarding gifting, and I know you have, we have to take a break, and I'll, I'll try to finish up those gifting issues when we come back. We will get to those issues right after this. A reminder, if you do want to attend that Trust and Asset Protection Seminar or maybe the Long-Term Care Assistance Seminar that Bill mentioned earlier, you can go online to WGALaw.com. It's free to register, or you can call the office 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000, or WGALaw. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I'm Jason Kong. He's Bill Alexander, and we both thank you for joining us today. We are talking all about gifting, Bill, and you you were giving us a warning, Bill, on some things we may need to look out for. (laughs) Well, uh, you know, it's not that unusual where folks want to make uh, a a big gift um, of property in order to protect it. And so it's like, okay, we have a nice farm. Let's go ahead and give it to our children while we're alive so that there's no possibility that that we will lose the farm because we need long-term care um, in the future. Uh, And so we can get our government assistance and the farm will be safe in our family. Well, that's the way a lot of folks uh, think. And or it might be, let's go ahead and transfer the home place, uh, not a farm, just the home. That's our most important asset. So let's go ahead and give it to the kids now while we're alive. So, again, we won't lose the house if we need Medicaid in the future. Well, True. The, the problem is, is that folks don't know the implication of that gift. And, and oftentimes, because what you're trying to do is protect the property, and oftentimes by trying to protect it, you actually create uh, a, a big tax issue that, that – and I'm not talking about gift tax. I'm talking about income tax because – Here's the problem. Let's say that you've made – let's say you paid $50,000 for your home years ago, and today it's worth $350,000. And so that's an important asset to you. It's fully paid for, and you want to protect it. So you make that gift to your children. But you're still living there. Okay. So if you've given it to them absolutely and it's out of your name – in their name, and then later on, let's say two years down the road, you have to go into an assisted living or nursing facility, and you're no longer living in that home. And so now the children need resources to help pay your your bills. So 
they have to sell your house Well, at, while you're living. They have not inherited the house. You gave it to them. Okay. Now, the problem is when you make that gift of the home, you're also giving them your income tax basis in that home. And you say, well, what's my basis? Your basis was that $50,000 that you paid for the house many, many years ago. So if they sell the house either while you're alive or after you die, their basis is still that $50,000. And like we said, your house was worth three fifty. dollars so that's a long-term capital gain of $300,000. And you say, well, how much tax is that? Well, you have, for most folks, it would be a 20% federal capital gains tax. And then you have North Carolina tax on top of that. So I normally uh, think of tax for most fa- families, and it can vary depending on circumstances, but for most, about 25% tax. Well, 25% of a $300,000 gain is $75,000. Okay. Now, (laughs) if instead that house had been put into a trust with an incomplete gift, uh, then in essence, you can actually do a trust where you retain the ability to sell the house and use your Exemption, your income tax exemption that relates to your primary residence, uh, what that's called, what's called a 121 exemption, and so for a single person that's two hundred fifty thousand dollars, for a married person it's five hundred thousand dollars that exemption, and if you die with a with the house as an incomplete gift, then your children will get the step up in income tax basis, and you say, well, what does that mean? How do you step up? That basically means that they get the house with an income tax basis that is the fair market value of your home at the date of death. So in essence, if they inherit the house from you, either through a trust that's done properly or not through a trust, your will says, give it to my kids. In that event, uh, their basis is $350,000. So when they sell it for $350,000, There's no income tax. In fact, because of realtors' commissions and legal fees and all that good stuff, normally you're going to have a small tax loss that can be taken rather than a gain. Um, But the key is it's really important to understand the implication of any kind of gift that you make because uh, it's not only about straightforward asset protection. It's Nobody wants to pay tax that they don't have to pay. And if you do it right, you don't have to pay income tax, uh, not at least of certain types of property like your home, uh, if, the, if the legal work is done properly. And so I want folks to understand that the implications of gifting can be extremely important, and it's not something that you should do without legal advice. That's wonderful advice, Bill, because, you know, what you may think will be a simple transaction or something that's an immediate gift just could very well not be the case. And as you've laid out in a scenario, it could cost you tens of thousands of dollars, if not more, which is just a really scary scenario. Well, we got to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF.
Welcome back to Asset Protection today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and we're talking about a, a variety of topics today, Bill. We've gone over gifting, but uh, I know we wanted to spend some time talking about retirement accounts, in particular the Roth IRA. Well, you know, last um, uh, week I was talking about the difference between 401ks and uh, regular IRAs uh, and how um, uh, you could do certain things with, with different types of accounts and you had to be careful about being penalized. And so I, I wanted to talk about Roth IRAs, which are a very different and actually a wonderful way to save, if you will, or invest. Uh, but Roth IRAs are different. Uh, regular IRAs and 401ks, uh, those are a way to save taxes on earned income that you're making right now. In other words, you put aside part of your earned income into a retirement account and you pay no income tax today, in other words, it reduces your current tax liability by the amount of money that you've contributed. Well, that's a good thing. However, when you take that money out of your retirement accounts, you have to pay ordinary income tax on every penny that you draw out because you didn't pay any income tax when it went in. In fact, it saved you a lot of money when you did it. Now, a Roth is different because, a, yes, it is based on earned income, and there's a limitation that's much more strict than a regular retirement account. So for those folks who are under 50 years of age, there's a cap on what you can contribute to your Roth IRA, which is $6,000 per year. And if you're 50 or over, you can actually contribute up to $7,000, but it's capped. And the contribution to a Roth is after-tax income. <laughs> In other words, you pay the tax uh, currently uh, on your income tax bill, and then you contribute part of that after-tax money uh, to a Roth IRA. And you say, ah, why would you do that? Well, the benefit is that everything that you've invested grows income tax-free, and every penny of that account pays out income tax-free. Ah, what a blessing. That's huge. Now, the key, uh, and this is where a lot of folks make mistakes, when do you think the best time, Jason, is to invest in a Roth IRA? Uh, yesterday. Yesterday. When you were younger, not making as much money, and your tax rate was lower. <laughs> okay. So truthfully, the very best time to contribute to an IRA is when you're not making as much money and your tax rate is lower, i.e. you're young. Okay. And, um, and so that's the very best time. Plus, any any financial person will say you tell you that the money that you save early is far more valuable to you in terms of its growth and what it turns into than the same amount of money that's invested 20 years later. So again, the sooner you start a Roth IRA, the better. Now, the other thing that I say to folks is that 
that uh, Roth IRAs, to some degree, is the best gift you can give to your children and, and grandchildren in two ways. In other words, if you help your children and grandchildren create a Roth IRA, because, well, they're not thinking about it, <laughs> uh, that is extremely helpful, particularly if you're well-to-do. And I've, I've just talked about a gift. Well, gifting to help your children start a, a savings is absolutely huge. But the other thing is, is if that you die and you name your children or grandchildren as your beneficiary of your Roth IRA, again, what a wonderful gift because that's money that will continue to grow income tax-free and they can take it out at any time income tax-free. Well, wow, that that is something really, really special. Okay, now, the thing that I want folks to understand about Ross is – Roth, you can think of a Roth as a very flexible savings plan. In other words, um, uh, there is uh, uh, some really neat things about a Roth IRA that most folks don't realize and that you can contribute to a Roth um, and think of it as an emergency fund. And this is for young folks as well as older folks. Um, but what I'm getting at is that a Roth can be used in ways that are far more flexible than simply as a retirement account. Uh, you can um, – now, it wouldn't work uh, so, so much for – a young person because they have to have earned income to put it into a, a Roth account. But I can create a Roth account for myself, if you will, for a grandchild's education as opposed to a 529 plan. I can, um, uh, but uh, if I can do it in the child's name, that's even better. You know, if I have a 15, 16 year old that's working and I can help them contribute to a Roth IRA. But the, what's interesting is this. Let's say that I, uh, over a period of several years that I've contributed $10,000 to a Roth, and let's say that it's, that the, the, it's invested fairly well, and it, over a period of a few years, it's grown to $15,000. Not unusual. It's all tax-free. All right, so I have $10,000 of principal and $5,000 of gain, right? Well, what a lot of folks don't realize is that with my Roth – and it doesn't matter whether I'm 18 years old or 70 years old. I can take the principal back out at any time with no penalty and no tax. You, you, you follow me? Because it's already been taxed. Now, I can't take the gain, that $5,000 out, if I'm less than 59 and a half years old. All right? without paying tax, but I can take the principal out. Well, that's huge. I mean, if you think about it. So if you're thinking about, I can go ahead and put this money away as an emergency account, uh, and if I need that money back, I can take it back. As long as I don't take the gain back, I can take the principal out as an emergency fund. So for a young person, it gives them incentive to at least put $6,000 a year, 
knowing that they can take that money back. As long as they don't touch the gain, they can take it back. Now, obviously, if they don't have an emergency, then that money grows, 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 grows. Now, the other secret is that after I've had my account for five years, okay, I have to have it for five years, then I actually uh, can take the gain out as well. Uh, and, and so in essence, it actually does become a, a real emergency fund because you can take the money that you've invested back without paying a penalty and without paying any tax. Uh, now, obviously, um, it's designed for, um, the, uh, in other words, not taking it out until you're 59 and a half. Uh, and that's when there's no penalty, no tax on anything. And so, obviously, that, that's really important as well. But a lot of folks don't realize how flexible a Roth IRA can be and how it can be utilized in ways that people don't think about that they, they really should utilize uh, Roth IRAs uh, far more uh, than people do because it is the best thing since sliced bread as an investment because it can grow income tax-free and then you take it out without any income tax as well. No tax and all the flexibility. Those are two great reasons to look into a Roth IRA. If you need help with um, maybe finding more information about this and coming up with your own asset protection plan, schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. Go to WGALaw.com or call 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. I want to remind you that you can still go online to WGALaw.com and register for this Wednesday's seminar. It's free to register. Go to WGALaw.com or call 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000 and you can register for these free seminars. There's two wonderful topics. The first on long-term care and government assistance and the other on trust and asset protection. Again, this, these are topics that it's very difficult to find this uh, thorough amount of information about and Bill presents it to you in a wonderful way that's easy to understand. He doesn't feed you, but he's got wonderful uh, tips and help for you to help you understand this field of uh, of care that's just hard, very hard to navigate. So I encourage everyone to go to wgalaw.com or call 919-256-7000. We're out of time for today, but we hope you'll join us next Saturday at 11 for Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 W. UPTF. Have a wonderful weekend.